Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. Golf Talk Live is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's Andrew to tell you more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tee to green. Welcome to Golf Talk Live with your host, Ted Odorico. Join Ted each week as he speaks with some of the best in golf. Sit back, relax, and listen to tonight's show. Let's join our host, Ted Odorico, as he introduces tonight's special guest. All right, good evening, everybody, once again, and welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, of course, Ted Odorico, and always excited to be here live uh, every Thursday evening on the blogtalkradio.com network. And uh, very, very excited, especially this evening. Uh, as, uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, we launched Season 10 on the show, so I'm really excited. It's uh, coming into our 10th season. Uh, uh, hard to believe I've been doing this for a decade now uh, on this show, and uh, always, uh, always enjoy doing it, and I'm glad I made it this far, and we'll see if we can wrap up another 10 uh, years under my belt uh, <laughs> doing this. But really, really happy to, uh, to have my uh, very good longtime friend and, and special guest, uh, Byron Casper. And I'm going to introduce him uh, a little bit more uh, fully here in just a moment. But I want a couple things. I just want to apologize. Last week, as uh, some of you uh, may recall, there were some technical issues that started off the program and obviously had a few issues and glitches here and there. And I think we've got them under wraps. So hopefully I'm going to knock on wood here. Um, that everything will go smoothly tonight. But uh, also I want to thank uh, all of the new listeners coming on board. I know there's been a lot of them coming in over the last uh, uh, few years and, and particularly the beginning of this season. So thank you for joining us. And uh, remember, we are live every Thursday evening from 6, uh, normally 6 to 8 p.m. Central here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Uh, but uh, early in the season when I uh, just started back up, as I said last week, uh, for the month of February, typically it's only an hour-long broadcast. Uh, because we don't have the Coach's Corner panel, which will be starting up again uh, the first Thursday in March. So when we do that, we'll be going to the full broadcast. So this gives me a little bit of a chance to kind of warm up my chops before we get into the full season. So uh, March uh, 3rd or, or 4th, I have to look at the calendar here, but uh, uh, is going to be the first Thursday in March. Uh, we'll be having the Coach's Corner uh, group will be coming back on the first hour, which would be this time uh, slot here. And in the second half, of course, I'll uh, interview my uh, special guest of the evening, and uh, we'll be into a full season beginning March. But for now, I'm going to spend the next hour with my good friend. And as I mentioned, uh, Byron Casper, he is uh, an international PGA member. Uh, he's also a top 25 golf instructor with Golf Tips Magazine and a senior sports writer, entrepreneur, uh, and, of course, son of golfing legend Billy Casper. Uh, please welcome my very special guest and good longtime friend, Byron Casper. Good evening, Byron, and welcome to Golf Talk Live. Good evening, Ted, and thank you for having me, uh, especially considering it's, a, uh, it's an anniversary. So congratulations That's on right. 10 years. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it, it's, it's hard to believe that, um, you know, some people say, wow, that's a – uh, you know, that's a, a, a great milestone to hit 10 years on the show. And I said, well, you haven't obviously been tuning in for the previous nine because, you know, I can talk a lot. So 
it's not a, it's not a hard stretch for me to go 10 years. So, and, uh, you know, as we were joking about off, off air, you know, when you have great guests like, like yourself and, and obviously many others that I've had, it's, it's always good to get in some good, robust uh, conversation, and we always try to help everybody on the show and, and share a lot of information. And you and I have had some uh, many a good chats, not only here on air, but off air as well. And um, so I'm always grateful to have you join me. So um, as I mentioned, your, 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 your pops, who unfortunately is no longer uh, with us right now, was, uh, of course, the legendary uh, Billy Casper. And before we get into really to talk about some of the things I know that you want to talk about, what is one thing that particularly sticks out, uh, memory that sticks out, of your father, uh, whether on the golf course or off the golf course, that brings uh, one of the fondest memories for you? You know, I think I, uh, I would have a different answer for you depending on uh, what week it was or what month it was. Um, but um, this last weekend, we uh, said goodbye to one of my father's uh, best friends uh, who also happened to be the guy who uh, was fishing with us. Uh, throughout my childhood, mm. and um, and I had a memory of probably somewhere five, six years old, uh, fishing with my dad and George, and not listening, <laughs> as usual, um, mm. not listening to my father, and getting behind him when he was um, casting, and getting a mm. fly stuck in my hand. And Ooh. it was just kind of a memory that I, I had totally forgotten about um, until this last weekend's um, event. And, uh, and it was interesting because as I reflected on that, um, I could look at it from both standpoints, both as a kid as well as as, as a father myself. And, mm-hmm. um, and it brought, it brought uh, you know, a lot of happy memories. So I would say that, that if I was perfectly honest, I would say the first memories with my father are probably fishing and golf a very close second. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I can concur, you know, as a, as a kid, you know, we, we tend to sometimes not always uh, stay focused and pay attention to, uh, to what we, uh, you know, what we're told. And I know I've had uh, a few instances, we won't get into it, but I've had a few uh, situations over my uh, earlier days that uh, I wish I had have listened at the time, but we'll get into you and I'll get into that conversation <laughs> off air sometime. But um, but yeah, I can concur. And you know, it's it's interesting because and, and the reason why I asked you that, uh, Byron, is because I know that you know obviously uh, people that have been around golf for any length of time know who your father was, and obviously some of the younger generation coming up may not be familiar with him. But um, you know, in addition to being a legendary golfer, he was a dad. Um, yep. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it's the same thing when you look at some of the other great legends of the game, whether it be Jack Nicholas or Palmer and, and, uh, and some of the others, these guys were all fathers, the, you know, dads to their children. And, uh, yeah, they went out and battled it out week in, week out on the golf course. But at the end of the day, they had to come home and they had a family to take care of to help raise and, and, uh, and help support. And uh, I think a lot of times yeah. people forget that. So, yeah, it's, it's nice to have some of those memories. I'm sure you wish you hadn't gotten a uh, the fish hook in your hand, but uh, uh, obviously oh, that's God. a lesson I hope you learn. You learn very quickly and, and uh, yeah, I, smartened I, up. I, and, I, it, only, it, it only it only happened once, my friend. So um, I think uh, you know, in, in retrospect, I'm, I'm sure it was a very uh, valuable lesson for a six year old. But yeah, I, I I don't ever remember that happening twice. So 
Uh, I think I did learn the, the uh, I think I did learn the lesson. But you know, the funny thing is about fishing is that it it really is an amazing. I suppose when you think about the temperament needed for golf on a professional mm-hmm. level, as well as the temperament when you're enjoying fishing, um, that most golfers enjoy fishing. Mm-hmm. And spend and yep. spend a lot of time doing it. Uh, and I know a lot of professional golfers, both of my father's age and younger, that um, have always enjoyed fishing as a secondary hobby. Well, I think it's it's very relaxing. Well, it can be. I mean, obviously, it can it can add a little stress too if you're trying to, you know, if you're out there. But it, you know, it's a very calming and relaxing thing. And you know, one person who you know I've already mentioned, but. Um, who was really big um, into fishing, particularly fly fishing, was Jack Nicholas. I mean, I've seen many, yeah. many articles done. Uh, he used to go up to uh, you know a variety of different places, of course, here in the U.S., uh, but he also used to go up into some of the northern parts in Canada uh, to some of the hot spots up there that he really enjoyed. And I remember over the years reading a lot of articles, and that was a and you know one of the things I remember him saying in some of those articles was that it was a very relaxing, low pressure. Uh, it just you know back to nature that sort of thing and he just enjoyed it. it was very calming and and um, you know it was just sort of getting back to nature and you know when you're when you're somebody like uh, Jack or your father or, or some of the others out there when you're grinding it out week in week out on the PGA Tour uh, you know and you're traveling a lot it can get pretty hectic and sometimes it's just uh, overwhelming uh, especially back in your dad's days when you know they didn't have uh, certainly early on in their careers, they weren't, you know, flying around on private jets and things like that. They had to drive to a lot of their uh, tournaments. So, um, you know, it could be very stressful and they had to pack up everything and, and then head to the next one. So, um, you know, I could understand where sometimes they just want to have that quiet and, you know, whether it be on a lake or near a stream and, and just cast a few in and, and see what they can do. And, and it's not really so much about catching the fish as it's just uh, having a good time and, you know, having you there and and uh, you know, close friend, and that to be able to join in uh, and share that memory is uh, is uh, is incredible. Well, I, I, think there's I, a, I can under- I think there's probably a book in there somewhere um, yeah. that uh, <laughs> that somebody could write with regards to the connection between fishing and um, and some of the greats. And it's funny you mentioned Jack Nicholas because actually I I was sent something that um, just the other day um, as we celebrated um, my father's passing um, recently. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, I tend to forget the connections that he had in, in the golf world. Um, but it was really nice when Jack um, posted um, about my father um, and about mm-hmm. what a good friend he was. And it's a, just a gentle reminder that these guys may have been competitors um, and absolutely weren't going to give an inch when it came to competing against each other on the course. But right. they also were able to have great friendships and wonderful relationships. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's really one of the things that – one of the many, many things that I love about golf is the relationship aspect of it because it, it really feeds into um, getting to know people um, on all levels, both professional as well as mm-hmm. the amateur and local level. You know, it's interesting that you say that. We're, we're going to get into some of the things um, uh, that you're doing now here in just a moment, but I just want to add one more thing. You're, you're exactly right in your analogy because I've had uh, over the years a number of guests on the show um, who have played in tournaments uh, you know, on a professional level, especially 
uh, on the other show that I do Tuesday mornings with uh, my good friend, LPGA professional Cindy Miller, uh, called The Women of Golf, and it's on the same network uh, at a different time, of course. But um, we've had a lot of the uh, Epson Tour, uh, which is called now uh, Graduates and, and uh, Winners Each Week. And it's interesting that that is a, a really primary response from them is the friendships. You know, they're battling it. Even it's, you know, golf's always been categorized as an individual sport. You're out there against the elements, and, you know, obviously you're competing against other uh, competitors, but, you know, you're there on your own. It's just you and your caddy and, and, uh, and, and the elements. Um, but one thing that's really been resounding with some of the, the statements that we've heard over the, the last several years is the fact that these young ladies, the friendships that they've made on tour, even, you know, mm-hmm. very early on, uh, they're very well embraced, and, yeah, they're, you know, figuratively speaking, beating each other's brains out, if you will, out in the golf course, um, you know, in theory. But when it comes off the course, they're they're hanging out. They're doing things. They're keeping in touch, uh, whether it be through social yep. media uh, or, or going out for a bite to eat after a round. Um, and, you know, all, all bets are off. Uh, and then the next day they go back out and do it again. You know, it's 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 just very interesting. And you're right. It's a, it's a despite being an individual sport like that, uh, you know, just about anybody you talk to, they make friends for a lifetime. Especially uh, tournament players uh, that that get a chance to travel and and meet a lot of different new people. And uh, and many of them stay friends for life, just like your dad and and many of the other uh, guys that he battled it out with on on tour. They remain friends until uh, you know his his last days. Oh, 100%, 100%. But I do have to say one thing because it's a, say, it's a saying or it's a quote from one of my favorite players and one of the best players of the last century, and that is Sam Snead, I think, had it correct when he stated something to the effect of that when he was out playing, he was playing against the golf course and mm-hmm. um, rather than the competitors around him. And I, you know, right. I wanted to beat the golf course that day. And I, you know, I've always really appreciated that sentiment, um, that that level of focus would absolutely take away a lot of the pressure that you might feel from the people around you in a competitive setting, but allow you to just do your absolute best against the course itself. Yep, Exactly. Uh, and yeah, you are, you are obviously battling it out against the course, and you can't control what the other players uh, may or may not do. Uh, and you know, you have limited control uh, even over your own. I mean, you know, you could be a, a great ball striker, but a gust of wind comes up and throws it offline. So you're really battling the elements. <laughs> and, and and again, I mean, yeah, we've all been there, and and uh, you know, or get an unfavorable bounce, um, or whatever the case may be. But uh, you know, really, you can't. You don't have the control uh, what the other player does. Um, they can come out there and and be hitting it just as well as you do, and hitting it in the same direction as you do. But uh, maybe yours gets a more favorable bounce this time out. Theirs maybe doesn't. Uh, and and uh, you know, a lot of different ver- variables that get uh, brought in. All right, I want to move on because I know we're here to talk about you, not about uh, me and and so forth. But uh, <laughs> one one of the things. <laughs> One of the things, uh, like I said, that now you know why I lasted 10 years, I can talk. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I wanted to do, Byron, is, um, you know, really emphasize the fact that, you know, even though you are your own person, you've developed your own career over the years, uh, in a way you also wanted to really carry on the Billy Casper legacy. And part of that was really 
uh, all of the, the lessons, not just the life lessons, but the lessons out in the golf course that he instilled in you uh, growing up and the times that you guys spent together uh, both on and off the golf course. And you have really sort of rebranded uh, the Billy Casper School of Golf. And um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that and then some of the uh, features, if you will, and things that are going to be involved in, in that particular golf school. Yeah, you know, I'd, I would love love to uh, to talk about that. Thanks, Chad. Um, you know, I, mm-hmm. I do have to make one um, one thing clear though, and that is that everything that I'm doing now with the Billy Casper School of Golf is what Dad and I started ten ten and a half years ago, and mm-hmm. and it really, like you said, it was an accumulation of a lot of life lessons. Um, both things that I had learned in teaching golf in three uh, continents, um, but a lot. Primarily, it was a 60-year career in, on the PGA Tour, and uh, what Dad brought and the life lessons that he could he really could help with. And you know, we focus on a lot of, of technical um, aspects of golf with the golf school and, and technology. And it was something that I often laugh at because it really took a long time for me to convince my father that technology was a good thing. Because you have to Mm -hmm. remember, you're talking about a man that never had a cell phone and was proud of the fact that he didn't have a cell phone, Um, proud of the fact that he didn't have a laptop. So when I was first came back from Scotland and I was in uh, managing golf tech and teaching at golf tech in Utah, I brought my father in for uh, an appearance, and he was still playing on the Super Senior Tour at that point. And mm-hmm. it was really funny. In fact, you can even Google the article. I'll try to upload it to the to our page so people can find it easily. But it really was the first time that my father had been hooked up to all of these um, technology aspects of golf. And, you know, mm-hmm. in typical fashion, I have to say one of the jokes he said, um, because the reporter asked him, how many tournaments would you have won if they had this technology, Billy? And without missing a beat, he looked at him and winked and said, zero. And, um, <laughs> and then laughed. Um, but, you know, that's really how he felt. But between 2009 and 2011 and 12, I really convinced him that technology was a huge asset. Um, even right. to the point of where we started using it in our in the very first Billy Casper uh, Golf Academy uh, that we started together. And so after Dad passed, and as I looked at the, the market of golf and what people needed and what was really missing, I, I came to the conclusion that I was going to run with what Dad and I had initially started um, and put a little bit more of a modern spin on it with state-of-the-art technology that is readily available. And from there, it segued into simulator technology and the amazing things you can do with club fitting and teaching people when you combine video and all of their stats right there in front of them. And then that got me excited, and that turned into coming up with our new golf app that's coming out um, in the next 60 days. And that is an accumulation of everything that I've always wanted in one 
concise location in one app rather than having to use different apps for different things like video and GPS and yardage and tracking and shopping and booking and all of these things that you have to find from different sources. I thought, why not put it all together and do it under uh, the same brand that Dad and I started this journey on 10 years ago. So in a really funny way, Ted, I guess you and I both are celebrating 10-year anniversaries, you with your, mm-hmm. uh, your radio show and me with the very beginning of this journey that my father and I started in helping people understand golf, get better at golf, enjoy golf, and be able to buy golf products that are solid and useful and do that all under the Billy Casper brand. Yeah, and I, and I just want to point something out, too. You're really doing it the right way. I mean, even though you're, you're taking advantage of a lot of the available technology out there, whether it be the simulators and obviously now coming out with your app, and we'll talk about that in just a second, is you also recognize that it is something that doesn't necessarily overtake the experience but complements the experience. So in other exactly. words, what I mean is, um, you know, you're not relying solely on the technology to um, provide uh, the education in learning to, to play the game. It's something that complements what you're doing uh, and what your, uh, you know, your fellow instructors that are working as part of the team. Um, it's something that helps cool. enhance the experience. 100%. And, and, yeah, and, and, and that's a smart way to do it because, unfortunately, as you know, and we've talked about this, um, you know, any technology can be a good thing if it's put in its proper perspective. And unfortunately, there have been situations in this industry, and I've talked about this very openly, and, and I know you have, where it's sort of become overbearing in the process to the point where the instructor has sort of taken a back seat to the technology, and that has been somewhat of a turnoff to a lot of, you know, regular folks out there that want to learn the game, but they want to feel like they're actually, you know, talking to somebody and they're not, you know, being hooked up to to some sort of a device all the time, um, and you've managed to find a way to sort of marry the two together in such a way that they're getting the best of both. They're getting the best from qualified and talented instructors that can help guide and lead them uh, you know, on their golf journey, but at the same time, you're reinforcing it and, and allowing them to utilize technology that's going to help them understand things a little bit better than maybe not having it, and that's, that's a smart way to go about it, I think. Um, tell me a well, little I mean, bit I, I about... Always, well, yeah, go ahead. Well, Go ahead. Well, I always, I always say, you know, and explain to people, it, it's really simple, and it's one of the philosophies that my father had. Um, I can't remember where I read it, but I read it very recently. There was an article um, where it mentioned um, the practicing, uh, basically mm-hmm. the, the, the way that golf pros practice. And they mentioned dad in it, and I had to laugh because they were 110% accurate. My father was not the sort of man to stand at a driving range and, and hit balls. The driving range mm-hmm. was used to warm up. Where he practiced mm-hmm. was on the golf course. No. And simulator technology is no different than that philosophy. And it doesn't matter whether you're at a driving range, if, whether you're at a um, multi-level amusement-type driving range or your range at your golf club or a simulator in a studio, the game of golf is not played in any one of those three locations. The game of golf mm-hmm. is played on the golf course. That's where the game of right. golf is played. What you do to prepare to play the game of golf on the golf course is the important part. 
And people seem to always right. miss out on that. And, and it, it, it kind of confuses me a little bit because it seems like a very easy thing um, to understand. And that is it doesn't matter whether it's a simulator or a driving range. You're looking for the most information that you can get on your swing so that you can get better as quick as possible so that when you go out mm-hmm. on the golf course to play the game, you're enjoying it that much more. You have that many more good shots. And so simulators are just like a driving range, except you get a lot more information that is immediate. And with today's technology and accuracy, it's within one to three yards. It's translating directly out onto the golf course. Um, I can teach you to hit a fade, a draw, a knockdown shot, a flop shot. I can do all of that um, on a good quality simulator. And the same as I could on a driving range with one of my students or a group of people. Mm -hmm. The only difference is that the data that I get on the simulator allows me to break it down into smaller parts. And so if you're a player that likes information, it's a great way to get better and to get better quick so that you enjoy your rounds of golf even more. Yeah, and and you're so right, too, um, you know, with your dad – you know, again, driving ranges are for warm-ups. And, and obviously, if there's a few bugs and kinks that you need to work out in your golf swing, that's where you're going to go do it. You're not going to do it on the golf course. But to learn to play the game and really, you know, improve in the actual play, you've got to get out on the golf course and do it, whether it be a short par three that uh, you can get out there and work on different shots and that. Uh, but the idea is you've got to get yourself into real-life situations. Um, and, again, obviously, simulators, you can you can duplicate much of that. Um, but again, you know, you're right. That's why he didn't do that. That's why he went out on the golf course and said, you know, I need to practice, uh, real life situations because the driving range, everything's perfect. You've got a perfect lie. You've got the ball teed up and you're hitting to the same target all the time, essentially. And, you know, that's great to warm up and, and see what you got to work with that day. But to really get down to the nuts and bolts of it, you've got to be out in the golf course if you really want to become a better player. And that's where I think, unfortunately, uh, many amateurs fall short. I want to give you um, a, a chance, a few moments, to talk about specifically about the app. I know it's not coming out for another 60 uh, days, so, you, know, you know, give or take, but uh, give us a, a, an example of, of some of the features that they're going to have uh, in the app. Well, you know what? Unfortunately, that's something I have to be kind of careful about, my friend, um, until no. it gets launched. <laughs> um, and so I, All right. as, you, as, you were ask, as you were asking that question, I was like, okay, well, what can I talk about? It kind of feels like a, you know, a Hollywood actor who's being asked to talk about a film that they just finished, and, um, and they have to be super careful with it because um, I have to be honest and say that this app, the Casper Golf app, is the brainchild of a few different people, um, primarily Mm -hmm. myself, dating back all the way to 2014. And um, and I recently, as in the last couple days, found an old memo um, as I was cleaning out some files. And it was a memo um, all the way back in 2014, before my father had even passed away, of what we could do to move the golf schools and golf academy into a more user-friendly experience. In other words, mm-hmm. how can we keep in touch, not just with our students, but create a way for people to interact with their golf pro from wherever they are in the country? 
And that was really mm-hmm. the beginning of it. And so this has been a, a little bit of a, of a dream of mine for uh, eight years now. And, um, and like I said, the biggest thing about this app is that we are combining a lot of different technologies that before now haven't been available in one place. Right. And it's, it's very similar to the same way that I look at helping students and groups of people, which is what I do more now than anything. And that is I really want to make golf not just accessible, but accessible and enjoyable. Golf doesn't need to be complicated. All, we have all the tools available to make things very easy to not only enjoy the game, but to get the best equipment. Um, absolutely every, every step is, is covered, but you have to find it and you have to look for it and you have to go to a lot of different locations to get everything that you want. And I like the idea of uh, one-stop shopping for all of your golf mm-hmm. needs. So whether you, you want technology or you're interested in simulators or you want to get video of you or your friends or family swing and upload it, um, if you want to have a personal relationship with your coach or if you want to keep working with the coach you're working with locally, we have tied all of these things into this app coming out. And so I guess what I, I'm saying is that this app isn't just good for amateur golfers. It's absolutely going to be great for professional golfers as well. Great. I look forward to uh, getting a little bit more detail as as things move forward. And I understand uh, the apprehension of giving too much information at this point, and that's uh, certainly okay, and, and uh, that will give uh, something for the audience to uh, think about uh, over the next uh, couple of months as they uh, wait to, with anticipation to see uh, what's going to be coming <laughs> available. And I know you'll – Well, it's super see, hard well, for <laughs> yeah, it's it, I don't know. I, I, listen, I don't scream it from the rooftop. So, <laughs> well, you know what? When the time comes and and things are ready, we'll, we'll I'll help you do that. Uh, and and obviously, you know, just to to sort of wrap up on the school of golf part, uh, you know, in addition to the technology that you're going to be bringing in and some of the advantages and exposure through this app, obviously you're going to continue and expand uh, with uh, golf centers and and golf schools and that sort of thing as things move forward yeah. as well. Yeah, and you've you've brought. Some, all over, um, I know I've been to the, the website. Country. Right, exactly. And, yeah, yeah, yeah and all, all over you've the been, country. Yeah, you've been building a team as well and bringing on some other pros to uh, uh, to help uh, underneath that uh, that brand. So uh, we look forward to, to seeing more and more of that as it unfolds. And, and as I said, when the app becomes uh, uh, a little bit closer to fruition, uh, we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely both uh, jump from the rooftop on that one, and and I just want well, to also mention well, about me, the simulator. Go ahead. Well, let me plug. Yeah, let me plug real quick. You can people can go to CasperGolfApp.com or BillyCasper.com and get on the waiting list and be the first to find out information on the app and the launch date. Um, so all they have to do is just go fill out a simple form, no credit card needed. Um, just your name and email address, and we will keep you in the loop. Perfect. Um, I will make sure I do that. I know you'll keep me in the loop anyways, but I think I'll do that and uh, add my uh, name and email uh, to your to your list. Um, you, you talked about simulators, and one of the interesting things too, and I know you've had uh, quite a bit of experience over the last several years getting really involved, and uh, part of your Billy Casper, uh, the technology group, uh, involves uh, both residential and commercial sales and installations. Maybe talk uh, just a little bit about that. 
Yeah, you know, it seems like a natural uh, add-on, I suppose, to teaching golf and being a professional golfer. Um, and I was, a, you know, I've been involved in technology since St. Andrews when I was the head pro for the St. Andrews Golf Company um, all the way back in 2002. And back then it was just some very simple technology, uh, but it really excited me. So I'd always been very open to that idea. And then fast forward to 2017, 2018, I was approached by a group that had everything that they needed in the tech space except they didn't have a golf pro. And the funny thing is, is they were installing golf simulators, but they, none of them were golfers. And mm. that started a wonderful relationship that has spurned uh, four years later into um, the Billy Casper Technology Group um, with specifically um, golf technology. And one of those is golf simulators. It's really amazing because we do everything. We do residential, we do the commercial. But, again, the natural fit is that our golf simulators are used about 50% of the time by other golf professionals. Mm -hmm. And they're using them to teach or they're using them for their own practice space. And we've done quite a few of the, the guys that are on the tour, um, done some of their uh, simulators. And so it, they're using it when they're home to keep on top of their game, especially if they live in a, a cold climate. And so it really is right. nice to be able to satisfy that market. And, you know, I have a whole web page uh, set up about this where people can learn more. But we do everything. We cover every aspect of technology in the simulator space. And we do it from start to finish. So you can come into our showroom or do a Zoom call with us in our showroom. You can give us some basic measurements, and we will build and make everything that you want to make your space not only look incredible, but function perfectly. And as you know, Ted, in the marketplace, there's a lot of different units out there. Um, right. You know, some of them are, you know, foresights and full swing and... True Golf and TrackMan and, um, you know, uh, there's just, you know, FlightScope. There's so many um, out there that are good, good quality uh, machines. And as technology gets, you know, going faster and faster, the margin for error is getting smaller and smaller, meaning that it's getting more accurate. And mm -hmm. so right now we're probably not even covering 10% of the marketplace because people don't understand that the pricing on these has gone, come down so much in the last five years that whether you want to spend $5,000 or you want to spend $50,000, we've got a system that will fit your space and your requirements. Mm -hmm. And so it's awesome to be right. able to help people find something that they've looked you know, forward to for years, been saving up for, and not only can we give them better technology than they, they think they're going to get for their money, but, again, it's easily accessible, and they're having it all done and run by somebody who's been in the industry for their entire life. Yeah, and, and you're right. And it's like anything else that, that's technology-driven. You know, obviously, you know, same thing with, with the big-screen TVs. When they first came out, they were very, very 
uh, expensive, but as technology developed and that, they started coming down. And eventually, and now even with the, the, the launch monitors, I mean, you know, to get a, a full-blown uh, flight scope or uh, track band, I mean, you're looking at uh, a pretty big bite of the Apple. Um, but yep. now they've even come out with, with mobile launch monitors and miniature uh, launch monitors, if you will, that are, you know, uh, a few hundred dollars. So, you know, they're, you know, I can see down the road as it becomes more developed, uh, more and more people are going to be able to have access to, to the bigger simulators um, as the prices start to come down, as the technology develops more and more. And I think it's great that, that you've adopted that part into your business model as well because that's, again, looking forward to the future because that's where technology is taking us and that's where technology can be an advantage um, as well as um, helping not just learn the game but um, becoming a recreational. We're seeing that happening more and more. It's a recreational uh, device as well as, as just a, a teaching tool. So uh, I think that's great. Well, it, it gets and, and even better. Mm -hmm. I mean, it gets, yeah, it gets even better. It's, it's now when you talk about recreational, um, you know, these multi-sport systems that are going to be coming over to the U.S. soon that I'm involved in is, um, and they're nothing short of amazing. And, um, yeah. you know, so you can, you know, what if you're the only golfer in the family? <laughs> you need to have options for other people, right? Your other family members. And right. So we're going to be able to deliver that for the first time in the very near future. And so, yeah, it's very exciting, uh, both from the space of helping others, because, again, that's what my father loved to do, and that's what I love to do. And if I really want to help golfers, both from the professional standpoint as well as the amateur standpoint. But I really want to help them enjoy the game and interact in better and more enjoyable ways. Then, of course, I would want to get into the simulator and the technology space because that's allowing us mm -hmm. to do that faster um, and, and easier than ever before. Yep, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I want to move on to um, and give you an opportunity to talk about uh, Billy Casper Golf Management. Uh, what's that component going to uh, be involved? What's going to be involved in the golf management side of things? Well, again, coming at it from a, the tech the tech space, the one thing that I've recognized after being in golf course management myself—that's what my my degree is in—and as you know, Ted, when I was in San Diego between mm -hmm. 2015 and 18, uh, I was managing two golf courses, and understanding what golf courses in America, and remember, there's about 17,000 golf courses. A lot of people don't, don't realize that there's that many uh, here mm -hmm. in our country. And that is that they're lacking the ability, again, to interact better with their customers. They aren't the most technological uh, group of, uh, of consumers. And right. so our hope is, uh, I'm, I'm being very, I guess, politically correct, but, but I, I believe know. that that's true. And I, and I, and I have yeah, the experience um, to, to, I think, really understand that, having both been on both sides, uh, being a player and a teacher, as well as managing specific courses and regions. And the one thing that I think we can do better in our business is technology in quite a few different ways. And so the management is going to be targeting technology and helping the industry 
with specifically golf technology needs. And that includes absolutely every, every aspect of it. Uh, web development, uh, SEO, digital marketing and digital media, basically everything that golf courses don't need to really worry about. Let them run their golf course and do what they do best and let a team that has a background in professional golf and a background in tech with a proven track record come in and run all of that for them. Yeah, and so right, and I just want to add to that because when it comes to a lot of facilities still to this day, I mean, you you mentioned, you know, uh, roughly 17,000 here in the United States alone. There are still many of them that have um, that sort of old school policy where, well, we just, you know, come up the laneway, open the doors, and and everybody will come. Uh, That's not the case. Um, Golf courses now, and and there are certainly many that do, but there's still many that don't, have to learn how to reach out to their community. Um, It's not just something simple of putting a few ads out and saying, hey, there's a golf course down the street, Uh, you know, it's got 18 holes or it's got 36 or 54 or what have you. Um, it's a matter of reaching out to the community and getting them and, and, and you know, offering different programs and things like that that gets them excited about wanting to come out. And there's so many of well, them that, that don't do that. that. You know, mo- right, but it's right, that exactly. It's, 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 it's the same interaction that you would have had if you were playing golf in the 60s or early 70s when people lived at the golf course. And mm-hmm. they knew who they were. They were coming into contact with people all the time, constantly. We're just doing it with technology. And it's, a, it's those relationships. It's the interacting with, with your customers. It's not enough to tell your customers that you're there. In the old days, it was enough. But it's not enough nowadays. You have to interact with your customers, not only give them a great golf course to play or a good instructional session, but you have to interact with them and give them reasons mm-hmm. to come back and make them feel that they are part of the family um, of that particular establishment. And a lot of people miss out on the fact that you can do that digitally mm-hmm. to enhance what you're doing when they, when they come through the door. Yeah, and that's a great point too because, again, typically what's what's been going on in many cases is – uh, you know, the, the golf pro has had to kind of do a little bit of that, but they're so busy most of the time out in the lesson tee um, that they don't have time to do that same interaction. I mean, they're certainly communicating with those that have lessons, but they're not really. And some of the golf courses just are not very aggressive in that. So having a team to handle a lot of those functions outside of uh, the facility and not having to worry about that, whether it be the website and, and other parts of the, the digital media uh, forum um, helps free up some of their time at the course to be able to do things that they want to be able to do. So I think it's a great idea that you know you're created a, a, a plan, if you will, to sort of step in uh, with your group and be able to offer some of that and really kind of kick things up a notch. Because again, a lot of golf courses and, and, and no fault for their own. I mean, they're just you know it's just a, a different beast in today's market. Um, they've got to learn to sort of step into that 21st century and recognize that it's not just something as simple as it was 30, 40, 50 years ago where you just, again, open up your doors and people will come. 
um, you've got to be interactive in your in your community. And certainly some do some great jobs with that, but there's a lot of them that still need help. And promoting yourselves in in a in a broader way and offering other opportunities and things like that is going to attract interest. And especially with this younger generation, because you know a lot of them may not be interested in joining your club. Let's say if it's a if it's a private or semi-private club. Um, they just maybe want to come out and have a, an experience and just have a good time and some fun. Um, but if they don't get approached, they're not as likely unless they, you know, get um, uh, a friend or somebody that belongs there or, or goes there to to entice mm-hmm. them. Uh, they're not going to think about it. So yeah, you've got to find ways creatively to uh, to be able to do that. Um, I want to jump on to the next. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to jump on to the next. Uh, uh, topic, if you will, as we're getting ready. It's hard to believe all the time where time's going. Um, but one of the other things I know that was important to your father, and I know obviously has been become important to you, and that is uh, working with uh, and and creating a lot of nonprofit organizations, particularly working with uh, closely with them. Uh, that was something that I know that uh, your dad uh, was really big on about giving back to the communities uh, around him. That obviously uh, supported his career in, in many ways by. Uh, you know, coming to the tournaments, watching, and, and being supportive to uh, to him in general. Tell us a little bit about that. What's what's the game plan, or what's the goals uh, in in how you want to approach that? Well, you know, golf is a great, really, really great medium when it comes to charitable events because um, and people have been helping charities uh, using golf for decades. And so mm-hmm. we're definitely going to keep keep creating that fundraising um, through golf and through golf events and through technology. You know, the one thing I do have to say, and I, you know, I feel for everybody uh, in the audience um, or the listenership and uh, and those reading the website because COVID really has been disastrous for a lot of people, um, mm-hmm. but it has been really really bad for nonprofits and charities. And right. the Billy Casper Youth Foundation, a good example, has had to um, cancel a couple uh, tournaments uh, uh, so far, actually four, I believe, uh, in the last two years. And the thing that, that makes me sad about that is that all of the children that those events would help aren't getting the normal help that they would. Right, and that really is something that we have to change and start getting uh, these tournaments uh, back up and running, so that we can mm-hmm. use them as a fun, creative way for fundraising. And so, I'm definitely going to continue working with the Billy Casper Youth Foundation. Uh, again, the foundation that my mother and father started uh, back, and I believe it was either in 1989 or 1990, and that's been a great way. Uh, to raise uh, not just awareness for children's charities and children's needs across the country, but I believe they've raised uh, just under $4 million for children's charities um, in the last, uh, you know, 35 years or so. And Mm -hmm. I'm also involved with another group, the Children's Brain Diseases Foundation, uh, which is a foundation uh, that a good family friend has that specifically deals with children's brain diseases. And so, you know, those are the two that are closest to my heart. But we do support a lot of children's charities all over the country uh, through golf. 
and we're looking at ways mm-hmm. to be able to do that through technology as well. Because, again, golf has been a wonderful blessing to mine and my family's life. And I'm so blessed and so happy that my parents decided to do something and to help others that, especially children, in need and do it, again, through Mm -hmm. golf. And so um, that's something that we will definitely keep working on. And as the world opens back up, we expect to open those things back up again and, and start holding events. Yeah, it's, you know, in some ways, um, you know, COVID obviously uh, opened a lot of doors for the golf industry. It's allowed a lot of people who um, maybe didn't have um, an inkling or a desire to, uh, you know, come out and and check out golf. Um, But because it was really one of the only opportunities for people to take as opposed to you know being cooped up inside and uh you know spending hours and days watching you know movies or videos and things like that people were looking for something to do and and you know golf was very very blessed in in a lot of ways by having those opportunities those doors back open uh during the better part of this pandemic um so you know it it sort of creates a an ideal situation for the community, uh, meaning the golf community, to kind of give back to, um, you know, a lot of organizations that maybe, you know, weren't able to benefit. That typically, been, like, as you said, you know, golf has worked so closely with charities. In fact, a lot of people don't know this, and I, uh, the name escapes me, but there was a gentleman I had on several years ago, uh, earlier on when I was first uh, starting the show, and he actually put a book together uh, about uh, golf charities and and all the mm. various different tournaments that were uh, across the you know United States, I think it even went up into Canada, and I mean there was literally you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tournaments, and I mean the revenue that was generated for these charities as a whole was in the billions, uh, and he said by oh, far, one hundred percent, yeah, there is no there no other sport. He says you can take football, and and again, a lot of professional sports do a lot of charity work fundraising no you know not to take away basketball that sort of thing but he said not one of them even came close to touching golf and what it does to give back to communities and i mean you think about every major tournament event there's always local charities attached whether it be the pga the lpga uh, tours uh, and a lot of the other uh, feeder tours and international tours um, they're always attached to some sort of charity uh, in their local communities or sometimes national charities and what have, or oh, even global. Oh, they're making, a, they're making um, a massive difference. I mean, look at the 16th hole at, uh, what is it, yeah. TPC, right? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I heard a statistic watching the tournament that, and, you know, I, I apologize. I can't remember if it was $16 million or if it was $60 million. It may have been $60 million, but it mm-hmm. was the, I think it was the Shriners that had raised just millions upon millions of dollars from that one stadium hole in golf. Yep. And that's just one hole. Oh, yeah. So, you know, do the math and combine that and look at everything on the grassroots level where you have golf pros in every state holding pro-ams and charity tournaments at their local golf clubs, and you mm-hmm. recognize how big this is and how big the golf industry is when it comes to helping charities. 
Yeah, and it, and it is. It's a great way. It's it's actually very easy to set up. I mean, you can be your you know a local muni that hosts a, a tournament, uh, regardless of what it's for, uh, and. You know, charities can be as little as, as receiving a few thousand dollars to literally millions of dollars, as in the case of the Shriners. Um, but everybody plays their part and helps out their local communities, and golf has just done a great way. So I, I'm really, you know, pleased, and I, I know you and I have talked about this before, um, but I'm really pleased that you're sort of carrying on that tradition that your your, your mom and dad have, have started years ago and, and really tying a lot of what you're doing in um, and, and helping charities to benefit from that. And I know as, as hopefully we're, we're on the, the very tail end of, of this pandemic, um, that mm-hmm. the, uh, the Billy Casper tournaments will, will, you know, once again rise and, and get out and help these, uh, uh, youngsters, uh, with some, some money and, and well needed services and so forth. So, uh, hopefully this will be a new year that, uh, we'll be able to get back to do that and, uh, and yeah, continue yeah, on what you're, what you're doing. Oh yeah, yeah, all the time. Exactly. Pointing in that direction, and uh, and that's a good thing for all of us. And uh, and yeah, golf has grown. You know, I was actually just to give a funny statistic um, that I I uh, I subscribe to the National Golf Foundation, um, mm-hmm. uh, and it was very interesting as to in 2021 how it was the largest um, golf industry we've ever had. In fact, it was two percent higher than the previous largest amount, which was all the way back in 2000. So with more golfers mm-hmm. than ever before, we need technology to be mm-hmm. able to help all of these golfers. And with more golfers than ever before, there's more opportunity to raise money at golf tournaments for charities. So I think we really yeah. are in a wonderful position. And once we get COVID gone, or at least manageable, um, I think everything's going to go back to, I won't say normal, but I think everything's going to go back to a uh, new normal where we can all function and, and get back to, you know, what we want to do and what we want to do um, to help. So, Yeah. And, and, you know, there's organizations like Women's Golf Day, I'm sure you've, you've come across as well, yeah. um, that utilize technology and, and has really started with a grassroots movement, but as, as through technology has uh, reached out literally across the globe to, um, I think it's might be 60 or 70 countries now where they have uh, in June, I think it's June 2nd or, or 6th or something, um, and they have a Women's Golf Day and, uh, you know, women all around the world uh, go to that, you know, course in their area and they just go out and have fun and play golf and, and obviously, uh, you know, they're doing a lot of different uh, great work in that. But that's a good example of technology, how it, they're able to network and, uh, you know, the, the folks that started that have, um, Elisa Gaudet, who I've had as a guest, uh, really spearheaded that mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, has worked, you know, with, with so many different organizations to get that going. Um, but, you know, through technology and, and uh, you know, interaction through the social media networks, not, it's now, you know, grown up to, to uh, quite a large uh, uh, event every year, and it's going to continue to grow. So I can see, as you said, how technology is really going to help um, to make golf even that much better, not just um, in how we teach the game and how we learn the game, uh, but how we communicate with one another as well. It's going to play a major role. Well, Byron, I hate to say Absolutely. this, but uh, we, we got to wrap up. <laughs> hard oh, to believe. You know I, I told. It, it, it's, it is hard to believe that uh, that that it's already been an hour, but uh, but not surprising because there's so much to talk about. You know, when you're passionate about something, uh, as, as I'm passionate about golf, as you are. It makes 
any discussion uh, really enjoyable and makes the time go by. So I, uh, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, if you don't mind, I'd love to uh, give yep. a website that uh, mm-hmm. people can go to and find out more. Um, so the best place to go is billycasper.com forward slash golf talk. And we put that together specifically on the talking points tonight with mm-hmm. links to some of the specific talking points so people can learn more and even put their name on the uh, contact sheet for information on the app, uh, the golf school, the management, or all of the above. So again, billycasper.com forward slash golf talk. And I really look forward to communicating with everybody and, uh, and finding out what people are looking for and how I can help. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And uh, we're going to keep our eyes and ears open for um, more on the Billy Casper app as it uh, uh, gets uh, further down the line and you're ready to uh, tell us a little bit more. We'll have you back and we'll do that. But uh, um, keep me posted, my friend. It's always a pleasure. And again, if you want to get more information uh, about what we talked about tonight and more, uh, go to billycasper.com forward slash golf talk. That's billycasper.com forward slash golf talk and lots of great information at that link. Um, Byron, always a pleasure. I appreciate it very much, uh, you coming on the show and, and uh, helping me uh, further celebrate my 10th season. 100%. I look forward to it. And, again, congratulations on the 10th season, and you have a wonderful rest of the week and weekend, Ted. All right, you too. Thank you, my friend. Uh, Byron Casper, my uh, good friend Thanks. and special <laughs> guest this evening. All right. Thanks, Byron. Take care. Thank you so much. Take care. All right. That was, uh, as I said, Byron Casper, uh, International PGA member, a Golf Tips uh, Magazine Top 25 instructor, uh, and, uh, of course, son of uh, golf legend Billy Casper. Um, I want to thank everybody, and obviously we made it through the show without any technical glitches, so I think we've uh, solved our problem. And uh, uh, again, touch wood. Uh, we're grateful for that. But uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in tonight. And again, go to billycasper.com forward slash golf talk. And uh, Byron has at that link uh, some great information about what we talked about here tonight. And don't forget to also uh, add your name uh, to the list and your email uh, if you want to get um, uh, more information as it comes available uh, for the uh, upcoming uh, Billy Casper Uh, golf app as well. I'm going to do that uh, as soon as we get off the air. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, Don't forget to join me next Tuesday with my good friend, LPJ professional Cindy Miller, on the Women of Golf. That airs 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network. So hope you'll tune in. And uh, God bless everybody. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you next time on Golf Talk Live. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's broadcast of Golf Talk Live. Ted would like to thank this evening's special guest for joining him on the show. Remember to join Ted every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. Central on Golf Talk Live. You can also listen to Golf Talk Live on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. Be sure to follow Ted on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, send an email to ted at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.